0: self-love club a place where boss babes share their stories to empower women welcome to the self-love club podcast i'm Val crawford and you can find out more about why i've launched this club at valcrawford.com. i'd love for you to join it and trust me it's not like a cult or pyramid scheme it's literally just a club where you can come hang out it's gonna be a fun time join me for a podcast series where we'll hear the stories of girl boss women who are doing super cool things with their lives We'll find out how they've done what they have, their self love and self care practices, and they'll share their tips to empower you to live your best life. Brody Kane has had an impressive broadcasting career with a number of high profile roles across radio and TV, and currently hosts the Hits Breakfast Show in Christchurch. Brody is a go getter and a goal setter, completing marathons and coast to coast runs like a boss. We are very lucky to have Brody share her story and straight-up advice on the Self Love Club podcast. Brody Kane, thank you so much for hanging out on the Self Love Club podcast. Really appreciate your time, gal. I know you're a busy lady. Hey, that is absolutely my
1: pleasure. These things are good to do, good to talk.
0: Yeah. Hey, so tell, a lot of us know who you are, but tell everyone about yourself and what you do. <laughs>
1: Hi, my name is Brody, and um, I I live in Christchurch now. I moved down here, eighteen months ago roughly um, to work on the hits as a breakfast host down here with Fitzy, and um, I that's so that's my You're originally my job. From Christchurch, though, right? Yeah, so born and bred Cantab, mm-hmm. and but I actually probably to be fair have spent most of my. 20s and then part like first part of my 30s in Auckland. Um so moved up to Auckland when I was I think I was 21, got my first job at Radio Live as a journalist and then I'd spent most of the time apart from sort of give or take a couple of years up there. Moved back down here um yeah into 2017 and I'm actually loving it because I like my first media career was in radio, and then it's just been quite nice. To, like and then I shifted to telly and then came back to to radio, and actually love it. And I it's interesting because I moved to moved away from Auckland and was kind of slightly nervous about it. Not that I don't love it down here, but I think it was just because I was in quite a good groove up there. But yeah, live down here. Um, Love the job. Actually love radio and, and being able to get up every day and, and create content where you are trying to, I guess, brighten people's mornings or entertain people's mornings. People are getting up, people are getting ready for work or getting the kids ready for school. And, you know, you, you, you're trying to be a part of their mornings. And it's actually quite rewarding. I mean, it's quite different to... My previous jobs, which were, you know, journalism, and this is not necessarily focused on journalism. It's more, I guess, more the entertainment side of things. But I actually am really enjoying it. So Mm -hmm. it's been quite a significant change, but um, I I love it. I'm really enjoying my job. Yeah, that's good. And you were able to,
0: like, buy a house and stuff down there as well because, obviously, Auckland, a little bit impossible, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, it's funny, isn't it? Because I, like... It is, I, I feel so sorry for people that are in places like Auckland who are working so hard and it is pretty much impossible for so many people, not because they're doing anything wrong, but because the, it's just too expensive. And... Um, so, I actually yeah I think I was very lucky, and I think it, often we talk about you, know, you see articles which kind of judge people sometimes for like parents helping you out and things like that it's pretty or or you know family members and stuff like that, or if you've got a partner or whatever it's pretty much the only way you can get in, and I was really well, I was really fortunate, but my mum was also on she was kind of grateful as well where we were in a position where um you know, she, she, her and my dad had split up and she was looking to buy a place and I was able to do it because we were able to do it together. So again, she was grateful because she wanted somewhere to live, obviously. And then I was grateful because it got me on the property ladder and she was going to live in this house. It's out at Waikuku Beach, which is where I grew up. And it's my little haven away as well. And so then I was really lucky that because we'd done that, I then had some equity to be able to, Put a deposit, equity. Sorry, to use a deposit for a house that I live in in Christchurch. So yeah, you 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 move down here, and then all of a sudden you're a, you're a bloody property mogul with with one <laughs> and a half under your belt. Look
0: at your empire. <laughs> I know, I know.
1: So it's um, but it's funny though because when I bought the the house that I live in in Christchurch when I bought it last year, there was a real. Uh, I guess it was I was quite overwhelmed for quite a long time because it just seemed far too grown up and it seemed like far too much of a responsibility. And, you know, I I feel like there was almost like a month or six weeks where I had quite heavy pangs of anxiety because it's such a big, well, you feel like it, I mean, there's nothing more you spend more money on in your lifetime. Mm. So it was such a big risk and you sort of just sit there for a while thinking, what if something goes wrong? And, you know, like, oh, this big house is mine. and And I was, you know, there was a couple of, pretty expensive key items that I needed to do at the house, you know, to start with. And then my mum was just like, mate, just calm down. Like, this is your house. It's okay. Like if, you know, you're not stuck with it forever. And, you know, you just need to now slowly chip away at things Mm. that you want to do. Like not, you don't have to do them all in the first year. So I've become much more relaxed about it. And, which is good because it, it can be very stressful. So now you just, you, you know, once you once the, the, the terrifying thought of how much your mortgage is, once you sort of put that away and it goes out every fortnight, you're like, ma, you know? So you just sort yeah, of forget about it a little bit. Totally,
0: And it's pretty epic you've been able to do this, you know, on your own. Because I think in society there's this view that you need to settle down with somebody and get a house. But, hey, it's, it's awesome that you can do it on your own. You don't need a partner to buy a house, and that's super cool. You know, I think there's just a social norm that's – Kind of bullshit,
1: really. Well, it's yeah. It, on, on on the one hand, like I say, it is terrifying because it is you. Mm. But then on the other hand, you're like, well, it is me. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you're sort of like, oh my god, I own this house, and then you're like, gosh, I own this house. It is mine. Yeah. You know. So, um, and I think it's funny, eh? Because like I'm 32, and I think that, um, and I'm single, and I've been single for 17 million years, and I'm just. It's always funny how. You know And it applies to the housing How we get to a particular age Where almost People And I don't think people mean it But like you're almost defined By your relationship status mm-hmm. And the fact that I am 32 And I'm single As people You know It's sort of like Oh You know oh. And so I kind of think we are, and by having more conversations, we probably are kind of knocking down those probably traditional stereotypes and things like that and in doing stuff like this. Like I've got two girlfriends up in Auckland who have, um, no, actually three that I can think of at the top of my head, close girlfriends that are the same, single and have, have bought into the property market and live, live in their houses. And because why why would we wait? Why, why would you wait? What's what's the point in waiting, you know? Totally. and I, I like that, you know, it's like you don't have to wait for, for a, a partner or whatever to carry on with your life and mm. you're not defined by that. And I think that um, that's probably, you know, it's probably quite a cool thing for more people to realise. It's like you don't have to wait till you're married or mm. till you find someone to buy. I mean, obviously, financially, sometimes it's easier, but hey, who cares?
0: Yeah, totally. I think you get to a point, I turned 30 this year, and you get to a point where you're just like, I can do that. Like, I always had this mindset that I needed to meet someone to get a dog. And I'm like, no, I can get a dog on my own. I don't need a boyfriend to get a dog. You know, I think as you get older, like you say, you just do it anyway. Cause it's like, well, I want to do it. So I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? So you don't have to, you don't have to be defined in a relationship to do these things.
1: So have you turned 30?
0: Yeah. I turned 30. Oh, when did you turn 30? January.
1: And did you. Did you have a like a, a meltdown at any um, point or a crisis prior, point? Or? Prior
0: to, yes. Uh, a yeah. few months beforehand, I had like a little bit of a cry and I had a, I actually had a bit of a panic attack. I was like, because I think you just put pressure on yourself and where you think you should be at 30. Um, but, it, yeah, and so it's just pressure you put on yourself. But I was completely happy turning 30. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's fine. I just think you've got to get to a point where you're really happy in what you're doing in your life and, and make cool shit happen for yourself because – you know, you can't wait on people.
1: You know, no, and because it's funny, because I, I I remember um, turning thirty and thinking, oh my word, that's it, my twenties are over. They go fast, oh, life. They you fly know, they by. do. But um, because I yeah, being thirty two, and I it can absolutely confirm that just in these early parts of my thirties, it's been the best mm. decade ever, because you've kind of. I don't know, you've got the benefits of still being able to behave a little bit like your 20s, but then you kind of grow <laughs> up and you're a little bit of your 40s, like, you know, you can be a bit of an adult, you can dabble in both. And I think, I don't know, I reckon it's also a moment, well, maybe it's because for me the last couple of years, you, you you're sort of self-acceptance of yourself, you finally, it takes a mm. long time, but you finally go, right, well, this is who I am, mm. and this is how I look, and this is what I do, and you know what? That's okay. And mm. you sort of have this kind of like watershed moment where you're like, "Gosh, I've been wasting a lot of time and energy worrying about a what other people think, b you know my perceptions of wh- how I should or should not be," and you sort of get to this moment and you're like, "Ah, oh, ah, oh, quite all right now, you yeah, know." And totally. I think that I, I I think the great thing is. With, with even things like podcasts and stuff like that and, and so many wonderful women um being able to portray messages like that in the media is that you know like I think it's easier for us to tell younger women and teach younger women those kinds of messages than maybe it was when we were teenagers and mm-hmm. in our early 20s yeah um so it, it's cool to be able to do that as well and just go hey gals like you've got a you've got to support yourself, you've got to be your own number one fan, you know what I mean?
0: Mm, definitely Has that been a bit of a process for you to sort of work out, like it is for all of us I reckon, but has that been a thing for you to work out of learning to accept yourself love yourself and, and how you are? Because
1: Yeah, because I think that we are our own harshest critics and I would be lying if I said that I wasn't incredibly competitive towards myself and I think that's one of those things that you really have to kind of find the right balance because there is nothing wrong in setting yourself standards and goals and things like that, but you can't let it sort of eat you up inside and you can't always be doing, it's not like about always doing things for other people, but you can't always just be out there and just taking it all in and trying to do everything. And I kind of feel like probably I got to a point last year where for, for months on end, I was just doing too much, like just doing too much. And you, and, but I, I kind of feel like you have to figure it out for yourself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, I feel yeah. like um, you're, you You must, you're, you, oh, I hate the word journey, but we're all on a journey. And I think that you have to just sort of, keep some sort of, like, system, well, I do anyway, where I've got goals. And so they are, and, you know, sometimes they're not for everyone, but I find that that's quite a a good way to sort of get yourself um, through in terms of, like, short-term goals and mid-term goals and long-term goals. And it doesn't mean that you're defined by them. And it doesn't mean that if you don't achieve them, you're a failure. But it just means that it gives you a good way to just remind yourself who you are and what you're about, you know? And so... For me, like if I used one last year it was I wanted to run a marathon. And I did and it was really hard and that's cool. And so but that but my goal might be, you know, like an might be completely different to someone else's and that's also okay as well because I think that we we set ourselves, particularly here in New Zealand, such high expectations, like in terms of the kind of work that we want, the hours we do, the kind of um, the living uh, standards that we have and, and you know, and, and it isn't a, su- a super cheap country to live in either by any stretch of the imagination. So from a pretty young age, it's instilled in us that we have to try and get to a particular, you know, stage in our lives and I kind of feel like that sort of dawns down on you probably as far too much than it should, whereas you should be like, right, I'm, I'm going to, you know, just take the foot off the accelerator a little bit sometimes and that's okay as well. Mm. And I'm still learning to do that. So I, you know, ha- have ha- at all time, you know, I think about last year and I think about a period in time and I think I was like really in the business end of training for the marathon. I was trying to buy a house and I'd overcommitted to, for instance, emceeing too many events. I had my full-time job here doing some stuff on social media. And I I had never been a person that got, like, levels of anxiety. And then all of a sudden I was just, like, always anxious. And I was like, this is too much. I can't even deal with this. So this year I've tried to um, be more better with my time management and, you know, and reprioritize mm. life and go, right, What's your full-time job? Your full-time job here is at The Hits, okay? And that's your job. And you also have, so you got to, you know, I'm committed to doing a good job. I want to, I want it to be a successful show. I have goals within that. So you go, right, that's that part. Then you go, what's something else that's important in your life? And it's exercise. So that's, that's another compartment, which is like, right, well, what's my goals for that this year? And it's like, okay, I, I want to do this. I want to maybe run another marathon and, you know, but also mix up a bit of my exercise. So you've got that. And then you're like, right. Well, what do I, you know? What do I want to make sure I do in my spare time? And then you go, right. Well, one goal is to actually add in some yoga, one yeah, which I haven't yet. But you know, like so that you know that's like that's something you want to do for yourself that you, that isn't something you'd normally do. Or for instance, you try and find one day of the week where you have nothing in your diary. You know, and and it's okay to actually either go to the beach if it's a nice day and lie on the beach all day and do nothing, or you put your track pants on and you watch mindless Netflix channels, mm. t- programs. So I, you know, like I, I'm sort of that's sort of how I'm trying to do that in terms of the year, and then also in terms of like extra, I, I guess you'd call them extracurricular things like you know, emceeing an event or doing something for charity or whatever, you've actually just got to prioritise them and you don't actually have to say yes to everything. Mm. And and you've got to get over the guilt of, of not, yeah, of, of saying no, you yeah. know. So that's where I'm sort of trying to be so that I'm not running around like a mad woman all the time because it is exhausting.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly it. I mean, you've, uh, if you overcommit yourself, do you think you've found it hard at times to say no to certain things?
1: Oh, all the time, all, all the time, um, and because I feel like you feel like, and I don't know whether it's because I've got a you know a, a, a radio show here and you've got a bit of a platform, so you feel like it should be the right thing to do, and that you know you should be doing that kind of thing, but you actually have to learn that it's not you can't do it all mm. and you can't fix it all. Um, so I, I've been a lot better this year at just um, being honest and saying, hey, look, you know, I'm sorry, I just don't have time to do this right now. Yeah. You know, and you and it's hard, but you just actually have to just do that or just say, I'm sorry, I, I can't help you with that at, at this point in time or, look, my workload is too much at the moment, I'm, I apologise. So, I, I mean, I'm not saying I do it all the time. I probably am not quite doing it just enough, but get, getting there with that because, yeah. as I say, you, just, you can run yourself into the ground and, I can sort of go for quite, I can go for quite a long period of time, and then what usually happens is it's like my body goes, "Hey, mate, <laughs> enough," and then I'll get sick, you yeah. know? and then then I'm out out of action for a week, and that's a week is too long to be out of action, and then yeah, you, then you're like, "Oh, I can't exercise," and so it's sort of trying to figure out that kind of balance and and being more aware of where you're at in that kind of yeah. journey of 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 all your goals and your tasks and stuff like yeah. that.
0: Totally, it's all about prioritizing. Do you think, and I think from getting to know you a bit more, you exercise is quite an important thing to you, right? And keeping that balance in yourself.
1: Yeah, well, exercise for me is kind of like like going for a run most of the time because there can be bad runs, but most of the time it's I, I feel like it's almost my own form of meditation, mm. and um. Look, I've always been able to keep a relatively good level of fitness. When I was really young, I was heavily, like from a really young age, heavily involved in surf life-saving and did that right through my teenage years and, you know, competed quite heavily, like in my late teens. And then I did a stint, like a four-year stint in the New Zealand Army in the Territorial Force, and that was like full noise, physical challenges as well. So kind of through that, I've always been quite... Uh, had high expectations upon myself in terms of a level of fitness, but I almost think that like there was probably a period in my like mid to late twenties where I traveled and stuff like that, where it sort of like, it took a bit of a, it was a bit on the back burner, not like I was always, you know, going, running and gymming and stuff. And then sort of something happened in the last couple of years where I was like, I don't know, I I don't know whether it's a thing of the thirties, but it was like, right. I'm going to do some stuff. I'm going to run a marathon. You know, I'd run this. I'd, I'd run the Auckland half, and then I was like, okay, it's time to do a full. And so then it was like, okay, <laughs> so that happened, and now it's like I've caught some sort of bug of silly long event kind of things. Because then earlier in the year I did the mountain run uh, for the coast to coast, and now I'm um, trying to think. I've got a half marathon coming up, and maybe I'm like, what am I going to do this year? Mm. So I've kind of, um, and I don't know why, or I can't pinpoint. Why? But what I I do know, which is slightly terrifying as well, is that my mum, um, Jo Kane, uh, it's who's so, one of my best friends, she's so
0: hilarious. <laughs> I want her. I want to see a bit more of her on the gram, please. She's oh, funny. She, yeah, she's. So well, I'm funny. trying to get
1: her to get her own Insta account, but oh, she hates technology. She's hilarious. So we'll try. We'll, um, so it's a it's a slow burn that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. But she. So around the around the time that she had me, which she was. 31 I think she was 31 30 or 31 anyway around that time is when she like she'd always been involved in surf life saving and stuff when she grew up and then she roped herself into doing the coast to coast when I was like seven months old not but she didn't do the whole thing she did the team event and from there on she became like obsessed with doing stuff like that so she's done like eight coast-to-coast, including two longest days. She has done two Iron Men, like those big Iron Men. She has swum the cook straight, and she's done marathons and, like, all sorts of things. So I'm in a little – part of me is slightly terrified because I'm like, oh, is it something genetic? Like, is is, is my brain going ping at the same age as her? And am I – is that what I'm going to do? Like, I don't – you know, so I don't know. I just – I'm enjoying it as well because – Back in the day when I was a teenager and doing surf life saving, it was competitive and you wanted to win, right? Whereas what I'm really enjoying about when I trained for the marathon and the same with the coast to coast run is that I'm never going to win them. Like I'm not going to go out and run the Auckland marathon and win it on paper. But did I win by doing it? Shit yes. And... I think that there's something very addictive about surrounding yourselves with all sorts of people from all shapes and sizes, walks in life, who are doing these things for whatever reason they are, you know, in their own kind of, here I go using that word again, their own personal journey. So you go out and you do these events and you look around and there's someone that's maybe six foot seven or there's someone with a completely different running style to you or whatever, and you're like, look at us. We are all awesome, and it doesn't matter if that person is running in front of me or I beat that person or whatever. It's just a really contagious kind of experience, and mm. so that's kind of where I'm at with that at the moment. And so, what I would you know what I would say to people as well because like then I started documenting all my running on Instagram because I just basically well, my, the reason I do half the stuff I do on Instagram is basically to show like because I don't see my friends in Auckland every day so it's like <laughs> chatting to my mates. Yeah. Um but the running thing became quite not weird, but kind of humbling because a lot of people were like, You're inspiring me to get out there and go mm. running. And it's like, oh crikey, all right. Oh, okay. And then you get people like what you know, what running shoes are you using and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, and people go, Right, I wanna run a marathon and I'd say to them, Well, have you run like ten Ks? And they're like, No And it's like, oh crikey and, and people say, what's the secret to running? Like, there actually is no secret. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard on your body. It's hard on your mind. And people just think that just chucking on some gear and being able, like, I don't know, they automatically think you should be able to go out and run 5Ks and they do it once and then maybe they do it a second time and they hate it and never want to do it again. So it's it's trying to explain to people that you don't all have to be at the same level as mm. well, you know. And yeah. so that's what I've said to a lot of people who are like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna enter a marathon and I'm gonna enter it for the first time. And it's like, have you run a half marathon? And it's like, no. And it's like, do slow that down, curse, yeah. slow down. You know, like you need to just take take a few steps and just ease into it. Because even I was gonna do the, I really wanted to do the New York Marathon later this year. And then Mum actually said to me, she was like, "Why would you spend all that money and go all that way for that to only be your second marathon? It could be a disaster. you can't you don't want to go all the way to New York yeah, a good and point. not be battle hardy enough to to sort of get through it if it was an if it was an average day. Mm. so there's no panic, you know, there's no hurry, yeah, there's no but hurry, yeah, yeah, you that's know cool. so it's just like. Everyone needs to find a little bit of a niche which makes them enjoy it for themselves, not what they think they should be doing. Yeah, know?
0: it's cool to work it out for yourself as well because someone may not be into running, but they may be into something else. So you've just got to work these things out, right?
1: Yeah, and you've got to remember that you're not a professional athlete. Yeah,
0: we're not paid to be professional athletes.
1: No. Yeah. My trainer said to me last year, like I was training for the marathon, but I got through this – I was in this really obsessive fitness phase and I was like working out twice a day and he's like, mate (laughs) – What are you doing? Like, <laughs> this, you're gonna you're gonna fall apart. Like you can't you can't sustain that. You're not a professional athlete. And I think I'd actually forgotten that. And was like, you're like oh, no, I'm actually quite right. You're like, quite I right. Thought I quite was right. actually. Yeah. Well, I kind of thought I was. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know. So I think we, you know, and with all of the things that are out there, like you know your F45s and your hit classes and your grit classes and your you know and everyone, which is awesome. We also have to remember that like you just got to do it for yourself. It's not yeah. really for anybody else.
0: Yeah, and not everyone's going to be able to do that six mornings a week, and that's not maybe that good for you anyway, you know? Like, exactly. It's like, yeah, I think we get go a little bit too hard sometimes, you know? Just go a
1: little bit or too we just on. We, we have a, I guess, you know, and it's a lot to do with probably social media and images and, and, and stuff like that in terms of what we feel like we should be doing because someone we follow looks awesome and they're they're going to F45 every day. And so I should go to F45 every day because I want to be like that. And it's just like, no, or, you know, like all your fitspo kind of people that people follow on Instagram with these insanely ridiculous bodies. And you're like, well, I must, I must go to that every day because they do and I should look like that. And it's just like, you just got to not think like that because it's just not, you got to do what you like, and yeah. if, if you if you hate running, well then walk, you know. Or if you hate um, hit classes, well then swim, you know. Like just there's not nothing that's right or wrong, and unless it makes you feel good,
0: you do. Yeah, you seem like someone who knows what you want, and you sort of probably have for a long time. Have you had to sort of work that one out, and not try like get caught up in what other people are doing, or has that not really been a thing for you?
1: I wouldn't say, like. Probably when I was a bit younger, definitely. But where I've got to now is, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. You, I, I would have. But what I think instead of the challenges now. So if I think back to when I was seventeen, eighteen, even early twenties, and that the way that you um, were influenced by people was in the magazines, you know. So it wasn't on Instagram, but it, so so. But the two are comparable, right? So mm. I think for too many years we have been fed a particular way as to how we are supposed to look. And so it's ingrained in our brains that the hot actress, model, whoever photographed at the beach, paparazzi'd and then plastered all over the magazines is how we're all supposed to look. And so it has been ingrained in our minds for a very long time. that. And also you look at it and it's like six easy steps to look like Kim Kardashian or, um, Margot Robbie's no sugar, 10 day no sugar diet. And it's just, you know, so that kind of stuff I grew up with in the magazines. So you would look at them and so you would go and do some stupid diet or you would think, right, well, I've got to do that lemon detox because Beyonce's doing it and Mm. that kind of stupid stuff. And it's really, really scary and terrifying that now we have social media, which just blows it up even more. So it's not just your magazines. You've got... You know, people on their phones, and you've got uh, people that aren't qualified and stuff like that, pushing products and pushing fitness programs and stuff that aren't actually, um, the, you know, nutritionists or a, a qualified personal trainer. And so, where I've got to is probably growing up and, and sort of you sort of almost have these these moments where you're like, ah, oh, okay. as I just go actually, I don't. I'm never going to look like her. I'm never going to look like um, Margot Robbie in a bikini. And you know what? Is that a a bad thing? No. So for me, I feel like actually it's only been quite a recent thing where I've kind of had that kind of moment where I'm like, my life isn't defined by what I look like in a bikini. Because we women just think that we have to have this particular body and it's just bullshit. Having said that, I wouldn't be. I would also be lying if I said that you still don't obsess over it because you mm. do obsess over it and you look at that fat roll or you look at when you put your jeans on and there's a little muffin top over the side and you think, oh, God, I need to get rid of that. Right, okay, no, right, that's it. Right, that's it. You know, here we go. I'm not drinking and I'm mm. cutting out sugar and all of that kind of stuff, which is just such a waste in your energy to kind of obsess like that. And I remember last year when I was training for the marathon, I didn't lose any weight. And it was funny because quite a few people were like, oh, you're running so much, you must have lost heaps of weight. And I was like, no, I actually, I actually haven't lost a damn thing. And for a while, I actually really obsessed about it. And then it was like, why are you obsessing about it? Like, wh- wh- for what? For what? You know, like, you're training like a mofo. You are running 50, 60, 70 Ks a week. You're a machine. Why are you worried about what you what your weight is on the scales? You know, so... That was probably a good learning curve, actually, training for that marathon because that kind of helped me. And my PT down here is awesome as well. He sort of sometimes gives me the the slap I need. And so I'm, I guess, in that point where I'm trying to encourage women. And I think a lot of – there's some really positive campaigns out there and and people out there that are trying to say – love your body, you know, celebrate who you are and and don't think that you have to be, and, and, you know, the girl on the Instagram who's probably been photoshopped Mm. as well, and that's a bloody whole other story for another day. So it's a fine line because you go, right, I, I need to love myself, but can I strive to be better? Yeah, I still am allowed to strive to be better. So it's not about telling women that you shouldn't want to lose weight. You know, like if you want to lose five kgs, go and do it. But do it in a sustainable, long term, positive way. You know, mm. don't do it because you want to look like someone else. Do it because like for me, I, I'm I'm in a bit of the midst of that at the moment myself. But I don't want to lose it because I want to look like Margot Robbie now. I actually want to lose it because I want my running to be easier and I want to be able to run faster. So that's why I want to do that.
0: Yeah, and that's a positive so, reason, you know. Mm,
1: yeah. And so we yeah, so we have to be careful in terms of um, you know, not Want not encouraging women to want to 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 set themselves standards, but it's for what they're setting those standards for. So it's like you know, don't. I mean, like look, I'll use it a perfect example, and this is not me bagging her at all. But I had to actually, and I felt because I'm you know I love women supporting women, but I actually had to unfollow a woman by the name of Steph Claire Smith, yeah. who's a absolutely stunning, beautiful, smart, positive woman, like. 100% But for me Looking at her every day Made me feel shit about myself Now that's not her fault mm. a- At all But y- You know like You've got to You've got to try and Figure out what you're doing For yourself And and me obsessing over Thinking that I, Like oh my god I'd pay her lots of money To look like her My word I would You know what I mean But yeah. then you go Well actually how's me Looking at her body every day Is it helping with that cause No it's not do you know what I mean? Mm. So, uh, um, and I so I think that we just have to be careful in terms of wh- who we are, um, what what we're doing to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. So, you know, I, she's as I say, fantastic, and I know that she's got a lot of people that do her fitness programs and stuff like that. But I just had to go. I this is not. I can't. I can't follow her anymore because it's not doing things right in my head. Yeah,
0: and that's totally fine. I think mm. people should look at who they're following and how they you know, if you're looking at your Instagram feed and you're feeling shit about yourself because you're looking at someone's photos, you probably shouldn't be following those people. Like that's mm. torture on a daily basis, multiple yeah. times a day, you know what I mean?
1: And it's not it's not anything that they've done. No, you know, like, it's not that
0: you don't like them or anything. It's just that you can't it's not healthy for you to be following someone like that. You know? Well,
1: you imagine it's like they are the other ones that I actually unfollowed, um because I used to be obsessed with how amazing their lives must be, which is another silly thing. Because mm. I'm, you know, is Tash Oakley, who's an Australian girl, and her friend Devon, who have a, a, a company called A Bikini A Day. And again, created a hugely successful business. They're awesome. They're obviously smart. But what was what was helping me by looking at them every day? I felt like... There's, you know, you have pangs of jealousy and then you have pangs of, um, oh, I just need to imagine if my stomach looked like that or imagine if I looked that hot. And what would, so again, to reiterate, that's not anything that they're doing wrong at all. But if that's doing that to your head, then you can't do that. Because I liken it to imagine if you buy a magazine, if you think about Instagram and how it all works out, that's the equivalent of me buying. A, a magazine, a hundred-page magazine, and every single person is a super hot chick in a bikini, over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again, in a beautiful location. Boom, 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 page after page after page after page. It's repetition of something that I don't think is necessarily healthy. Mm. So, you know, that's it's a it's a tricky one because those women are, as I say, you know, and they all, of course, practice self love and, and that kind of thing. But you just you've really got to be true to how it's making you feel, mm. and so I have you know done a bit of that of, of like because you just you've got to figure out the right way to channel what what works for you.
0: How have you, know you know managed? I mean? Yeah, totally. How have you managed to come to a place where you love your body and you're not like you say like we all still you can still love your body and then still be like oh that like you know that, like, when I put my jeans on or whatever, but but how have you got to that positive place with yourself and your body?
1: No, no, I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm 100% there, and I don't know. I don't know. But you sound like
0: you're pretty good, you know? Like, we're never going to be 100%, but you sound like maybe compared to when you were younger, you are in a better place with it. Like, how have you got there?
1: Well, I am, but you still have your good days and your bad days. So I would be – yeah, I – I think it's more becoming accepting and understanding that you're not defined by your body. That's where I'm sort of working through. So on the one hand, do I want to be a little bit lighter? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes look at my boobs and go, holy shit, you've got the smallest boobs in the world? Yes. Do I, you know, like, do I sometimes look at my side profile and think, shit, your nose is sharp? Yes. Those are the kind of things that I think you cannot tell any woman out there to stop doing. Because mm. we just won't. We're just not that kind of way inclined. But what we, so will I ever change those things? No. You know what I mean? Mm. But what you need to – well, what I've done more so than just eliminating that going, I love myself, is actually focusing my energy and thoughts into other things that I'm good at and proud of, you know? So you go, okay, oh, I've got um, – I've got, you know, a bit of cellulite. It's like, well, that cellulite ran you 42Ks, you know, or, you know, um, oh, I might be slightly uh, heavier than I want to be, but I've got a really great job that I love going to every day. I've got wonderful friends from who, are, who I think look beautiful in a bikini and are all shapes and sizes, you know, so... The funny thing is, I think the other good piece of advice, actually, Caitlin, Caitlin Merritt, who we do, do our podcast with, she actually has a really good analogy, which is the way that we often treat ourselves. You would never allow your friends to speak about themselves like that. Like if you said to me, Belle, if you were like, oh, I hate, I hate my thighs, I'd be like, shut up, you're an egg. Like, don't hate your thighs, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But, it's, but we don't tell ourselves that, so yeah. we we always – Um, telling our friends how beautiful and awesome they are because we genuinely believe it, but we don't offer that same love and care to ourselves all the time. Mm. So it's more about actually going, okay, not defined by my body, you know, not defined by it, um, defined by who I am as a person, you know, what, what I'm doing in my life and that kind of stuff. So that's probably more so accurate in terms of me where I'm sort of trying to be at. Myself as opposed to I love my body You yeah,
0: know no, that, I understand that And that's a good place to be Because then you're Creating a cool life for yourself And you're feeling good And that's I guess that makes you feel good You know So mm. Yeah You Have you always wanted to be In media And, and do what you're doing now Like what did you want to do Growing up
1: I think um, Like I think In my teenage years It did become pretty um, Apparent that I wanted to be A journalist and so that was what i always sort of that, you know like towards the end of high school that was kind of the the road that i wanted to go down and which i did obviously and i i did that for you know nearly 11 years and which i loved and there are days that i still miss like you know the the hard news and stuff like that um but i think what's important in terms of careers as well for for people growing up and being teenagers and going through their twenties is to actually really have an open mind and be really flexible about it because I remember when i started and i started at radio live and i was twenty one and I moved up to auckland and you know i had again super competitive knew what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it by, and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And, you you know, you're wanting – I wanted to be a, a, a reporter. I wanted to be a foreign correspondent, all that kind of stuff. And after six months, you're like, why am I not that now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we all have that kind of, I think, level of impatience, you know, where we're like, oh, I, why did I saw someone else get that TV job? Why didn't I get that TV gig? I've been working so hard. I've broken this story, all that kind of stuff. And so you, that kind of sort of happens – And I think it was actually, when I started working on Seven Sharp, which was a completely, uh, a, a revamp of, you know, they got rid of Close Up and they started Seven Sharp and wanted to make it like a new kind of funny kind of show, which then in turn became probably one of the first of those kinds of shows here in New Zealand where you were merging still news and issues of the day, but the reporter was becoming included in the story kind of thing. So there was some personality based stuff that started jumping in and that, you know, that copped a bit of criticism for a while. But then I think what it did was kind of change a lot of that. And that was kind of, I guess, identified as something that I was good at doing. So because when I would go out and meet people for stories and that, I would just be myself and would have a laugh and I could just act like myself and be. Com- I could. I felt comfortable acting like myself in front of a camera. So some people don't, and, and and it's not. It's not a defining thing whether you can or you can't. But um, and some people as journalists aren't prepared to, and that's also fine. But that was something that was identified. Like, hey, that's actually quite you. you when you do those stories like that, that's quite good, and that's quite funny, and that kind of thing. So then it became, you know. I, I did that job and, and did quite a bit of that. Still obviously could do um, something serious and, and that as well. And then it sort of rolled out through, like, fair go was a, was an interesting, um, the same kind of thing. Could do a ser- serious story, but, but could make, try and make people laugh and that as well. And then through breakfast, working as a sports presenter, but they also wanted me to go out and be funny and do challenges and, you know, and be myself. So that was the premise of doing that job. So I'd gone from wanting to be, as I say, a foreign correspondent in the Middle East on the front line as a journalist. Hard news, hard news, hard news, to actually um, being... The complete opposite Which there were moments of That being quite difficult to grapple with And you'd struggle with thinking Well now no one's going to take me seriously I'm just going to be that girl That everyone gets a good laugh off." So for a while there There was a real um, sense of identity crisis I suppose Like what do you want to do You know Mm. And then again I think um, It kind of clicked Around when I was doing Breakfast I really enjoyed it So I stopped overthinking things and going, actually, I'm out there with people in New Zealand every day. I'm very lucky to do that job. And I love it. And I love having a laugh with people. And I love being a larrikin. And so why shouldn't I? So then, you know, of course I I left that job because I got offered this job on the hits here. And it's the same kind of thing. It's a job where you are, I guess, essentially expected to be who you are. And, Look, it doesn't always mean that it's easy because you are out there. So you are out there being who you are. And let me tell you, not everyone likes you. And quite frankly, nor should they. I mean, I annoy myself sometimes. Sometimes the sound of my own voice annoys me. And so it's interesting. So now I'm in this new phase. I'd probably call it a new phase at the moment of quite a different road. It's like, so I'm not... um, you know i'm 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 not reporting on the daily issues every day you know and but but have i been having fun doing it yes so it's probably taught me m- more about actually you're doing a job that you really enjoy not that i wasn't enjoying the previous ones but this is the path that you're going down yeah. at this particular point in time so you can see how over the years it completely changed and it went all these kind of different directions and that's okay too, you know. Like you've just got to sort of roll with it. Totally. And I think for, I've been lucky as uh, in terms of I've always been really flexible in terms of where I work. So I like I moved up to Auckland, and then I went, you know, then I stayed up there. Then I went overseas. Then I moved back to Auckland. Then I moved down to Christchurch, and then I moved back up to Auckland. And now I've moved down to Christchurch again. So I can As much as it's a pain in the ass, actual the logistics of moving, I kind of have always been quite flexible about that, which is, you know. Helpful as well, probably. Mm, definitely. Um, and and as I say, so yeah, it's always been one of those things where you've just, I just, if you keep an open mind and also like work hard. You you have to work hard, but be patient. You know, if you're working hard, you will get to where you want to get to. But mm. it does take patience and perseverance.
0: Yeah. How have you learned to deal with you know criticism from viewers, listeners? You know, because when you put yourself out there, like you say, you're you're gonna get that. How have you learned to deal with that?
1: you definitely you definitely develop thicker skin as you go, okay so as I say um not everyone would like me and and I understand that that that's just part part and parcel of the job all right you know there's there's certain people that you know you'd like listening to on the radio and there's not you know and I think everyone can probably openly admit that and I think it's really tricky because we have now we are now in a society where with the likes of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram everybody can say whatever they want about anyone and they can hide under the anonymity of a bloody keyboard and and, and they can also hide under the guise of free speech which again just pains me so it's like oh so free speech you're allowed to call someone ugly are you you know like so to be honest with you I have pretty much been able to eliminate my care factor in terms of people being mean to me, you know, online.
0: Mm.
1: But I, that's not to say that I am not endlessly disappointed in our online behaviour as a whole. You know, when you see someone calling you a name or picking on you, you go and have a look at their profile picture and it's them with their kids and you're like, dude, dude what are you doing? Like, it's more that that bewilders me. I'm like, mate, you've got kids. Imagine if your girl in your profile picture came home and someone has spoken to her the way you've just commented on this Facebook. So it's more that that annoys me. More that we just can't see that that's just not acceptable behaviour, actually, mm. is what, and we've just let the floodgates open, you know, with with all of the social media and everyone being able to chime in with all of that kind of stuff. Whereas it's like, what happened to the old, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it, or just scream it out at your pot plants at home, you know? <laughs> like, So it's more that that disappoints me. So, you know, and I, you know, I, I, you know, quite often we'll we'll write. An, I mean, especially if you sort of write an opinion piece for the Herald or something like that. Oh, you know, you can <laughs> you can cop at all angles, and that's okay because your opinion isn't always going to be the same as someone else's opinion. But it's when it gets nasty and personal that I just don't think it's. I, I just I don't know where we went so wrong in thinking that that was okay, and how we as adults think that calling someone names or calling someone ugly or fat or whatever on on face on a Facebook post. what are we teaching our young people? Mm. Like I just, that's what I, that's actually what I worry about more than actually what they're saying about me.
0: Yeah. What about like, I think a lot of the time as well being a female in the public eye and like, you know, being a female, that's like you've been career focused. What has that been like for you? And do you feel like in society that cops a bit of, I don't know if I want to say hate, but you know, people can certainly be threatened by a woman who seems powerful. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting one, eh, because I think that, like, oh, you know, if you're a guy, I mean, look, yeah, you know, if if you compare some things, like if a guy throws a tantrum, he might have just had a bad day, where if a a girl throws one, she's a diva, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's probably the analogy that I can draw to experiences I've had in the past, you know, like, she's a diva, she's a princess, whereas it's not kind of the same, there's not, a, a same version of a name f- for a guy. No, they just in, in yeah. this kind of. You know, often you, they'll just might,
0: listen and be like, "Oh, well, yeah, like he's just he's driven, or he's or he's you know,
1: just oh, it's just a bit of hard work. Don't worry about him, you know. Yeah. Don't worry about him, ignore him. But but with the woman, you know, like you can be called a, yeah, a diva or a princess. I just think we we are coming a long way that we just have to keep knocking that and ignoring that and just striving through because you know, look at you know, there's so many wonderful women, you know, especially in this country as well, you know, like your Hillary Barrys, who's a real mentor for me, and Ali Moore, you know, strong women, Heather Duplessis-Ellen, who stick their heads up and and speak up and speak out and stick up for themselves. And, you know, some horrendous stuff flies their way, um, but, you know, th- there's, th- their strength is to be admired. And so I feel like we are at a point where, it doesn't matter actually if someone calls you stroppy or shrill or a diva. You just got to, there's, there's enough of a, of a movement of our strength being awesome and something to be proud of that anyone that thinks anything else just, that it's, incon- it's insignificant, you know, like go away. Mm. You know, you've just got to remember that um, being a strong woman is okay. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's not something that you should shy away from. Mm. So I think that we are getting. We're not right there. We're not a hundred percent there, but we are getting there. And the more women that will pull people up on going, "Hey, that's not okay," you know, we, we'll get there. But it will take a bit of time. And you know, we've we've done some sort of things um, where we are sort of getting there. You know, like you know, even campaigns and stuff around International Women's Day and people speaking out about that. So you just got to remember, yeah, I, I, I'm unashamed. Look, I mean, I. Oh, you know, I would probably call myself bossy and a bit of a control freak and that, but that's not because I'm a woman. That's just because of who I am. Mm. You know, so you shouldn't shy away from having views and saying them out loud and wanting a career and just clash, just chucking out those stereotypes because it's 2019. For goodness' sake, you know. Mm.
0: What about like romant- uh like relationship wise? Do you think men have maybe been? Do you have you found that men maybe have been threatened by that in you?
1: Well, they haven't told me. They just haven't been around to have a discussion. <laughs> you know, like it's like far out. I don't. Know. Yeah, I, that's a funny one, that, eh? Because I I often wonder that. But as I say, no one's ever told me. But um, I do wonder about that, and that would be a shame. And therefore, would, would they be if if someone was going to be intimidated or threatened? Oh, they're
0: definitely not. The, I think in any situation, if someone doesn't like the way you are or has a problem with it, they're not the right person for you. And it's mm. like you know, as you get older, you sort of work that one out. But yeah, have you found, yeah, like, because you have been so focused on your career and it's like, yeah, like, it, maybe, maybe that's hard. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've got lots of mates that are like, have you found a man yet? You've seen, gone on a date yet? I'm like, no, I
0: don't <laughs> have time. A, it's so annoying, time. that question. Like, mum's always like, so how's the boyfriend? Oh. I'm like, even if there is one on, a, on the scene, Mom, I'm not going to tell you because, like, you know, it's like, just, you don't want to get too excited too soon. You don't know yeah, what's well,
1: My mum always, I'm always like, well, I won't tell you anymore because usually it only lasts about three weeks and then you take the piss out of the fact that they can't last any longer (laughs) than three weeks. But it's like, I don't know, like, oh, do you know, the funny thing is, and I don't know whether this is mildly terrifying, I actually don't, I genuinely don't actually spend that much time worrying about it. Like, that's probably half the problem. Well, Mm. no, it's not half the problem, but like on any given week, the thought about, why i don't have a man or or you know that kind of thing is very very it makes up a very very teeny tiny part of my week usually the only time that i'm like wow this sucks is i'm either hungover or it's sunday and i want a spoon you know and yeah. pretty much that is really like if i was worrying about dating and oh which i hate anyway <laughs> like i i think i don't it's not that i i don't want to say that i don't have time because that's bullshit but Like, I just don't focus a lot of my energy on on it, and, and whether that's the reason I'm single or whether people are terrified of me, I just don't really care at the minute. No, and, and, you, I, can't, you, know?
0: and you can't focus on it, because it will just find you as lame as yeah. that sounds, it will find you like, you don't need to be going out on dates I think, I don't know, I think you just got to get to a place which you're in, you're just living a cool life and doing things you want to do, and it will just it'll happen, you know? Mm. I just wondered if you've found that hard at all, or it, it sounds like you don't really care
1: Well, um, Well, I mean, I've been single my entire life, like I can tell you Hand on heart, I have not had a proper boyfriend, so I like, so I don't know. So <laughs> like, doesn't mean I have not had acquaintances along the way, but yeah, like I've I've not been in love, um, and I, if I I just sort of don't try and overthink it because yeah. if you overthink it, then you're going to go crazy. Like, if you start questioning yourself, then you just you know. And do you know what? If I don't find someone, can you imagine how awesome I'm going to be? I'm going to be that like cool auntie that can afford to travel and like have nice glasses of wine and <laughs> yeah. you know and and be the, the great auntie and, a nice and house. I'll be able to be like I'll be like fifty and I'll be like Radio, I'm off to Spain for three months and you know like <laughs> so it's not like the end of the world if no. I don't find a man. I mean, it'd be I would love to and I would love to have a family and all of that. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna panic about it just yet. Nah,
0: there's no there's no need at all. Nah. What is some uh, advice you've got for women who are maybe just wanting to do cool things and be happy and like maybe they want to start something, whether it be a certain career or a business? What would you tell them?
1: Be brave, and it's not always going to work the first time, and you might not always get the answers you want, but just persevere because more and more. Applicable now, I guess, is the opportunities. Uh, well, I I kind of think so. I, I probably am not equipped to say that because I'm, you know, a bit older now. But I feel like you must strive for what you want, not what anyone else thinks you want. And I feel like though you must realize that it can't, it won't fall on your lap. That's probably my biggest piece of advice: is that you can't, can't just think that. You know that, that if you've been In a job for a year That you should get a promotion It just doesn't work that way You And even if you have worked hard And even if you do deserve it It won't always happen mm. So You just have to be patient And I know that Like you know This is me I'd love it if I could tol- Have told my 22 23 year old self that You know You, you just There's no hurry You know you, You're going to have to climb A really long ladder In your career um do some people have a, have a bit strike a bit of luck more than others absolutely but you just have to realize that it's just it's just hard it, it's not it's never it's not an easy road so just remember that that you um you've just got to get your he- you, you put your head down and your bum up and mm. and work hard but as i say failures will happen along the way mistakes will be made and you just have to it's about really how you re- react and manage that and and you will get there because the reality is if you work really hard constantly you will get there J- just whatever path it is might sort of change and whatnot but you will get there mm.
0: and you sort of answered that in a way but i was going to ask you what you would tell younger Brody. well what would you tell your younger self and it a lot of that yeah. seems to stem of that it's not gonna happen really quickly. But what else would you tell Brody? I'd, Say I'd like tell 18 her, years old or
1: whatever. Yeah, I would tell her that don't waste so much energy worrying about what other people think of you. And be kinder to yourself. I wouldn't want to probably do too more than too much more than that because I feel like when you're young you've got to make mistakes and you've got to learn from them and the, all of that stuff that through your late teens and your 20s and that shape who you are as a person. For instance I've got two tattoos right and I'm seeing a lot of people at the moment getting their tattoos removed from laser. Now have I got a tramp stamp? Yes I do but do I still quite like that tramp stamp because it's a lovely little, it's a sunshine oh, and I, the sunshine makes me happy. Yeah. So am I ashamed of my tramp stamp? No because it was 17 year old Brodie and 17 year old Brodie had a reason and a purpose for getting that so, I mean, look, ask me in 10 years and I might have got it lasered. But at this point in time, I'm like, no, that's part of my story. this shapes who I am. Yeah. So it's, I reckon it's that balance of not having regrets. I mean, of course, we all have regrets and stuff. But just realise, I think, the, I, I mean, I've certainly heard people say this as well. It is so much about not worrying what other people think of you or how other people perceive you, which is really, really tough to try and Drill down into people, but the more that you can sort of let that kind of stuff go, the better you'll be, and, and the much more time you'll have focusing energy on other stuff in life.
0: Mm. Hey, thank you so much for your time, Brody. You were like, I feel like we'll get heaps more from you, but thank you so much. I really appreciate all that. So much good advice in there for us as well. So thank you. You are more than
1: welcome. I love thanks your for work me. as well.
0: I Love listening to your podcast too. So, oh, get thanks, guys. Girls on top, you know. Woo. Thank you for listening to the self love club podcast. Please subscribe for more episodes and catch up on any apps you may have missed reviews and sharing the self love club with your friends and on your Instagram stories helps so much in spreading the self love message to others who may need it to keep up with the self love club. Find me at Belle Crawford on Instagram. Plus our new account. At Self Love Club Podcast. It's just a baby, so please go give it a follow for some pretty girl boss inspo going up there. Plus, check out my website, bellcrawford.com, for the Self Love Club resources and blog posts. A big thanks to our audio engineer, Nick Baldwin, and we've got heaps of boss babes coming up to empower you through the rest of 2019 with weekly episodes available each Monday morning. Like next week, Olivia Scott, formerly of The Raw Kitchen, an incredible girl boss, mama, makeup artist, Lou, I know you're going to love after that, and heaps more. Catch you soon, babes. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water